Nah. Are you playing yeah. right now? Yeah, I'm playing right now. I'm in the fourth quarter. Hey, Sharif Abdul-Rahim was cold. Oh my gosh, I've gone cold at the end of the game. You're going to lose. I'm down by four with 28 seconds. Oh, yeah, you, you're out of here. You got any time out? Oh, no, that's goaltending. <laughs> goaltending. That's yeah. such goaltending. Oh, yeah, he went the last... Oh my gosh, this is terrible. This is one of right when I press pause and quit. And so I keep my perfect record intact. <laughs> I respect it. <laughs> Man, oh, the game, the whole fourth quarter, Anthony Peeler on the other team was was uh Two, on fire. Seven. Three. Cuts back. Ohio State. <laughs> Cuts it back. Ohio State wins. What oh, oh, heart is she now? Let's go, man. That is as good as it gets. Me and Zishu, thank you very much. Have a great day. You're really on the field. You've got to get two yards. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm not going to do the last part. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning into the podcast. My name is Kevin Jackson. As always, I got my man AJ. The podcast. What is this? Ohio State? We got to start using the. The what? I said, you said, thanks for tuning into the podcast. I said, what is this? Ohio State? We got to start using the. the piece of mind podcast. You know, Ohio State filed for they the. They filed for it. Trademark. Mm-hmm. I, just, the I, just, uh, I just read it that they filed for the, the V. Yeah. I respect it. I think um, – yeah, but you know what? Somebody tweeted out and said, uh, how pissed is Miami right now? Because they have the U. So you can't use – so you couldn't use the in front of anything else uh, related to universities? I don't know. If I'm Miami, I got to have the U trademark. Yeah. I mean, you would. It's got to be. Yeah, that's tough. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Tough. Also, when you started counting down at the beginning of the episode, I thought you were going to pull a Dwight and go, all right, count it down. 30, 29, <laughs> just, Dwight, 28. Just start at three. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I about to ask you? Um, this is completely off topic. Well, not necessarily off topic, but I'm going to ask you both. We, Sorry, side note, fans, we have – our producer Justice West on this episode because we are breaking down SEC. So we're gonna bring in somebody who is also super knowledgeable with the SEC. But we're not really bringing somebody in. He's, well, he's always here. here and he knows a lot about the SEC. So right, he's just quiet and not hitting buttons on time. But yeah, he's always here. Um, this year, <laughs> this year, who? Where would you rather – which Death Valley would you rather see a game in? Would you rather see – Oh, easily uh, LSU. Okay. That's what I'm I would. biased though because I've always wanted to watch a night game there. It's outstanding. Honestly, I probably like – my first big desire to watch a game there was when I read Tim Tebow's first book. When um, like they got his phone number – and uh, they, the, he said that the team was rolling up on the team bus, and um, you know, they were shaking it, throwing hot dogs. And oh stuff yeah, oh it. yeah. Um, you know, throwing beer at it and all that. Stuff. Eggs. Yep. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Plus, um, I mean, they're just so drunk. I was about to say. Um, no offense. No offense at all. I always ask this question. If you weren't an Ohio State fan, right, who would you want to be a fan of? I probably wouldn't be a fan of LSU, though. Oh, like 100%. If I wasn't like a Kentucky diehard, I'd like to be an LSU fan. Really? Oh, yeah. I feel like that's such an underachieving team to be a fan of. It's not about like the achieve. Like, I mean, like, it's easy to be like, oh, yeah, I want to be a Alabama fan and play in the national championship every year. I'm just talking like pure fun and like tailgating experience and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. LSU. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Being, be, if I was in Baton Rouge. Like, that would be a fun atmosphere to go to. You're not doing Ole Miss in the Grove? Nah. Ole Miss is hella racist. (laughs) (laughs) Ole Miss is hella racist. Get the fuck out. Hell no. All right. In case you're here and I'm playing NBA hang time right now, what team did Mark Macon play for during the 92-93 NBA season? Denver Nuggets, Detroit Pistons, Philadelphia 76ers, Houston Rockets. Denver Nuggets, 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 Nuggets. River Nuggets, let's go. Correct answer. Let's go. Thank you. Peace AJ. of mind coming through. Okay. So back to what I was asking, Kevin. So if you weren't an Ohio State fan, who would you be a fan of? Um you know, I kind of like really liked Oklahoma as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um they were always really good, a lot of fun to watch. Justice. Man, justice. Um, to be honest with you, I don't want this to like, because uh, I really wasn't an Urban Meyer f- like fan when he was at Florida. Don't say it. But I always played with Florida in NCAA football. Well, okay. I think Florida's fair. dope. Don't you know what me, I mean? Don't get me wrong. Florida's dope. Yeah, I was not a. I was not like an Urban fan. Like, oh, well, he would coach at Ohio State, so I'd go back and root for. No, like he whooped Ohio State's ass. So I would go. They were a lot of fun to play with. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd be a Florida fan, though. Honestly, just don't be an Alabama fan. Don't be a Georgia fan because you're not an adult who barks at other people. And you're good. (laughs) Yeah. You know what, though? I think the only SEC campus I've ever been on besides Vandy is Tennessee's. Oh, you got to start going to some of these. Like, it's... No, that's not true. Kentucky. I went to Kentucky, obviously. Yeah. Dang. Um, Show some goddamn respect. (laughs) (laughs) No, there was that, and um, you know, no, I liked Tennessee uh, back in the day. Like, I had a Tennessee shirt. Don't say a word. Nah, that that sounds like the the white people version of like, oh, I'm not racist. I got three black friends. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, I, I could have been Tennessee fan. I'm not racist. Okay, my best friend is black. <laughs> that's yeah that that's a pretty uh that's a you hear that all the time that's such oh, a thing racist man that's pretty funny Kevin, you need to go to a tennessee game with me sometime well i i think i told you this justice like my best friend in high school went to tennessee's brother went to tennessee's sister went to tennessee dad played football at tennessee and mom was a cheerleader at tennessee where are they from knoxville they're from knoxville okay fair yeah I was going to say, there's a special kind of redneck that's a Tennessee fan from Knoxville or East Tennessee that you've not experienced, but you may have. Boy. Oh, no doubt. I mean, I'm sure there's a, I'm sure. 
I mean, Buckeye fans have that too because it's so like other than like you have your cities like Toledo, Youngstown, Ohio, or uh, uh, Columbus, Cincinnati. Like you have the major cities, but other than that, it's just country farmers. Oh, Kevin, I was talking about me at a Tennessee game. <laughs> oh yeah, no, 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 no doubt. Um, My East Tennessee. You know what's a funny story though? So. When I was a senior in high school, my buddy who from the year before went to West Virginia. In his first game, he played against Villanova. He's playing on special teams. He walked on as a preferred walked on, got a scholarship first year. And then so I went, we went to the game. My buddy who's went to Tennessee and his parents drove us down. So we all went to the game because um, you know, that kid always hung out at their house. Yeah. And so the Tennessee grad, Tennessee fan sat like a section over and about halfway through the game, everybody's drunk and he's got a shirt off smiling. He's like, man, this is a place I could be home. Oh, God. In West Virginia with his shirt off. That's incredible. And he's a big guy. He's like six, four and just like, you know, tall. I would expect nothing. Big about. shoulders. Got his shirt off and standing up. Just a big old Tennessee fan. Hey, Kevin. Have you ever heard Cameron? I used to get it in Ohio. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I just sent it to you. I'm laughing because you said, um, <laughs> you said, uh, oh, you were talking about, you were naming towns, and you were like, uh, Cleveland, Youngstown. And it just made me think, like, because he's always rapping, and he's like, Dayton, Youngstown, Cleveland, Cincinnati. <laughs> it just made me think of that. And so I said it to you, because that should be your new theme song. You should do it. It should be my walkout song, like when I oh, introduce yeah. myself to the podcast. Oh, yeah. That plays. And then I get a little AJ dance. And then what would be your song? Who, me? Ah, oh, man. Uh, it's not Rocky I was, Man, if you don't kiss my ass. Probably like some three six mafia or something, something Tennessee related. Are they really from Tennessee, <laughs> Kevin? Jesus, <laughs> yes. Yo, I ain't from Tennessee, asshole. I know, but that's like a you. You don't remember like DJ Paul and Juicy J, Eight Ball and MJG and Young Buck? We don't give a fuck. We must represent this Tennessee. No. I mean, I guess, but like, I yes, different. They're, they're from Tennessee. Yo Gotti's from Tennessee. Um, young dog. Oh, I didn't know Yo Gotti was from Tennessee. Wow, I feel bad. Oh my goodness, I actually know hip hop. Tennessee, Tennessee. Pro, I mean, it's got to be pound, the the most musical artists ever produced. Maybe across like all genres. I'm guessing. Gotta be. I don't know, man. Like my size alone, like California or Texas probably has this beat. Pound for pound though. Per capita? Yeah. Pound for pound. Like you got Justin Timberlake and Usher alone, and that's like two of the top ten ever. Justin is like pop sales. Yeah, an entire industry too. Usher's from Chattanooga. He doesn't get to claim Atlanta. Yeah, he's definitely from Chattanooga. Nevertheless, Justice, you can use literally all that for our pre-intro talk. It's SEC time. Uh, as Kevin said, this is the the fifth and final 
Power Five conference that we're doing our breakdown on. Um, giving you guys a little twofer this week so we can be up to date for next week when we release our preseason episode. Um, Kevin said it best, so I just have to relay the message that he said. You know, we saved the best for last. I will admit that the SEC is the unanimous crap, like the champion. Listen, he said it. That was Kevin's voice, not digitally imposed or anything. He said it. Um, so, yeah, we're going to get kicked off here. Uh, I guess I'll start. I think that – I think last year was a little bit of a dud. And I say that very respectably because my Kentucky Wildcats had a hell of a year. So it wasn't a dud for me personally, but I think for – the conference as a whole, I don't know if we were as dominant across the board as we normally are. Um, but I do think this year that there's a lot more. The middle of the pack is a lot better. Um, you could see Georgia dropping a game or two. You could see um, Alabama dropping a game or so. A&M could surprise some people. So I think like, Across the board here, I do think that this year should be um, one of the better years in the SEC. Kevin, what do you think? I think it should be. I think the SEC, to be honest with you, if you take away Alabama, is um, I mean, I mean, pretty good. I mean, is that putting it fairly? You said if you take away Alabama, they're pretty good. Take away Alabama the past like couple years. Then the SEC is like a pretty good conference, like a really like you know what I mean. Yeah. I think it, I think it drops them down a lot. Georgia obviously helps out a lot. I think that's with most conferences. Though. Well, I mean, like if you take Oklahoma out of the Big Twelve, oh I yeah, think they're, no doubt no they're doubt. decent. I mean, now Texas has come to take that that next step, and I mean. I saw a stat today. It was like if you took to show how dominant Alabama's been the past two year, ten years. If you uh, Alabama leads the nation in most wins in the past ten mm-hmm. years by like I think it was like twelve. Kind of like separated themselves. Everybody else's two through fives like all together. But then if you go the past twenty five years, they like dropped to eleventh or something like that. So it just goes to show you how incredible um, Alabama Nick Saban has been. Because, I mean, you think about it. He pretty much cannibalized the conference. I mean, they've elevated this standard so much that, like, people go through, just cycle through coaches. I mean. And then, I mean, oh. think about LSU. I mean, you had a national championship coach. And they had a great, I mean, you had a, gr- you had a great program. Mm-hmm. They weren't, you could argue, but. I mean, he's fired because they couldn't do what Alabama did. And the only other team that can go toe-to-toe with Alabama, Georgia, is pretty much built because of Nick Saban. Yeah. I mean, very similar to what the ACC is doing now, though, with Clemson. Well, you can say that. uh, You could say – you could probably argue that the – I guess guess you're right. I mean, I guess you're right. I mean – I mean, this, it's it's not good, but you could say the SEC is probably better without – could you say the SEC is better without Nick Saban? Mm, I don't think so because I think what 
to your point. I, could, could you make the argument? You take him away and all of a sudden like the league elevates because you just have all this like, uh, you know, like it, it just all the teams are better. I don't know though. I, I always, Pro, I always subscribe it? to the fact of if you've got something to aim towards, like if you've got that top dog to knock off the pedestal, um, that elevates everybody's game in the conference. Not not saying that you right. still get the the same amount of talent, but it but it elevates everybody's game. I would relate this very similarly to USC, and oh, that's true. You know, like once they lost Pete Carroll, you would think that it would make the league more balanced, which it has, but the league hasn't gotten better. Um. I mean, outside of a couple of years, well, you can you could definitely argue you could definitely argue a lot of that stuff that the athletic directors have run into the ground, the conference True. commissioners run into the ground. They don't make nearly as much money as they used to. They play on the West Coast. They don't get the primetime games. Um, ESPN bought the SEC network. I mean, or started it. I guess is what mm-hmm. you would say. So I mean, there's a lot of things you could say. Um, but yeah, that's an interesting combo. I, think, I mean, I. I think that, yeah, it does hurt recruiting-wise, but I think that a lot of times what ends up happening is Alabama does get so many quality recruits. Like, you end up having this little log jam, and it's like, it's not – I hate, the, I hate the, the mindset that these kids are – they want it less because they don't want to go compete for it. I don't necessarily believe that to be true. I think um, I think I very much agree to the go where you're celebrated, not tolerated kind of mindset. And I think that if you know you can play, I don't – yeah, Alabama may be a great fit for you and may be um, the top team, top one or two team – two teams in the nation, but like if I have to sit for two years, I'm minimizing my window of what I can showcase to become great and to put myself in position to go to that next level. Whereas you can go to, well, I could, I could, I was going to say, whereas you could go to another dominant school. You, I mean, you can go to, at Ohio State and Michigan, you can go to an LSU or a Clemson or a Florida State or Florida somewhere, and you can still get a lot of notoriety and chance to show your talent in major games, but you just don't have to sit. And a lot of times, well, you could say that okay. the like at Ohio State because they got their position group with the mm-hmm. DBs, they put so many in the league. Um, like I was talking about Malik Hooker today playing for the. Um, Minneapolis Colts mm-hmm. right now. He played one season at Ohio State. But because um, like, he had a great year and because of the notoriety of Alabama. Of Ohio State secondary, Ohio State, yeah. Of that position group that all it took was one year. Yeah, and like if you go to Alabama and you're running back and you rush for 1,300 yards in a season, like, yeah, you'll, you'll go to the draft. But yeah. if you go to Alabama and – you split carries between three top ten number oh, no, one that's running a, backs. That's a valid like, point. You may not put up the measurables to go for like first, second, third round. It's 
Yeah, you might not. Yeah, versus you could go to LSU and put up eleven hundred yards and compete against the same amount of talent, but put more film out there of yourself to to have a chance to go to the league. I just I think that ultimately, like the balance comes into play eventually across the board and, and talent wise. It just sometimes it takes longer than others. Sometimes it manifests differently, but it always it always ends up playing itself out. Right. Well, do you want to give the recap of the SEC last year? You want me to take it? Um, if you got it up, you can take it. If not, I can I can run through it. Well, I was just gonna break down the East and the and the uh, the West. Obviously, the SEC has been one of the most competitive conferences in putting national champion uh, candidates into the national championship game into the college football playoff. Last year was no different. Okay. In the SEC championship game, we had Georgia coming out of the East, facing Alabama out of the West, and it was a slugfest with a uh, fake punt botched by Georgia. Still eventually, not sure why they did that. Man, eventually <laughs> Jalen Hurts saves the day for Alabama. Alabama becomes the 2018 SEC champions. They go on to play Oklahoma in the college football playoff and then lose to Clemson 44 to 16 in the college football playoff championship. Big standout years from, as you mentioned, Kentucky out of the East with their first 10 win season ever. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, Well, first in like 30 years. In 30 years. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you had big years out of uh, transfer quarterback, um, uh, Joey Burrow. At LSU, kind of elevated the LSU program back to national prominence, even though they still can't get over the hump against Alabama losing 29-0. They also had a 10-win season. Um, then you kind of saw the the comeback of Florida under Dan Mullen, also with a 10-win season, uh, clearly playing second fiddle to Georgia. So this year... Who do you got playing in the SEC championship game? Yeah, it's I it's it's you'd be crazy to go against Bama, Georgia. And oh you would I don't be. think that's and I don't even argue because like I don't think that's a shock to anybody. I I think on paper and what they've proven in the past two years, um, they're a cut above everybody else in the league right now, which is fine. Um I just think that right now they're in the best position to go back. Now, that's not saying an injury here or there could happen, but um, as it stands right now going into the season, I think you got to say probably probably Bama versus Georgia. Right. Well, Bama and uh, Georgia both have to replace – I believe they have to replace both coordinators. Uh, Georgia replaced offensive defensive coordinator, uh, recruit, uh, promoted from within – and I know that from an Alabama standpoint, you had Mike Loxley leaving. And who's their defensive coordinator last year? I cannot remember. I think he's gone too. But uh, nonetheless, I would definitely – I had them picked as well, Georgia and Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, but it will be very interesting to see if Georgia can get over the hurdle. Um, I, I feel like they lose a lot. They lost a lot, I should say. A lot of wide receiver position. 
Um, and they lost the tight ends. They lost a lot on defense. Uh, I don't think it'll be an issue replacing them. It's just, can they gel, stay healthy, all that stuff? Because I think the talent's going to be fine. Um, and then when you've got a quarterback like Jake Fromm, can steady the ship, mm-hmm. then uh, you got a shot. Especially if you want to beat Alabama, you have to have solid quarterback play. I don't know if Jake Fromm's a quarterback to beat Alabama, though. I mean, historically, those kind of quarterbacks don't beat Alabama. In his defense, he's whooped the Alabama starting quarterback's ass two straight years. He just can't beat the backup. That's true, and they still lose. <laughs> he they just still can't lose. beat the backup. Right. Uh, it makes me feel better that DeAndre Swift's back. Yes, very much. Because that dude's a monster. So, But obviously, if you look at the threat, the biggest threat in the East for Georgia is the Florida Gators. Yeah. I mean, would you agree with that? Yeah, more than likely, I would say. I'm, if you're looking at an East, a potential East threat, it'd have to be – it'd probably be Florida if you look at consistency and recruited talent across the board. Probably Florida. Yeah. And plus, I mean, like, you know, and again, quarterback position is is very important. And this has probably been the best the SEC's had in quarterbacks in probably forever. I'm, um, yeah. With Dan Mullen coming back, Felipe Franks had a great year last year for Florida. Problem is they got to play Auburn from the West. They got to go to LSU. And then they got, obviously, they got to play Georgia. So... I mean, that's tough. And then they have the, uh, you know, I love that they're doing the the beginning of the season in the season for the state title for the Florida like State it. Championship. Like it. Miami and Florida State, I love that. So obviously neither of those games will impact their SEC standings. But I, if I see Georgia not doing it, then it, it'd have to be Florida. I just don't see how Florida, I just don't see how, honestly, I don't see how Georgia's going to, even if they mm-hmm. were to lose. To Florida, I mean, I mean they have to go at they have to go at yeah. Auburn. And they have Texas A and M at home. Georgia's uh, got a tough schedule. I got a question. I mean, you think Georgia has Georgia? You got Notre Dame, which is a top ten team right now. Um, you got Florida. You got A and M, and you go to Auburn. I mean, that's a that's a pretty stiff schedule. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. And their non-conference is respectable. I mean, what, Murray? Uh, with Murray, Murray State Arkansas and Arkansas State, State are not, obviously, anything to write home. But you get a pass on those because right. you play Notre Dame. And you went to Notre Dame last year. Like, you get a pass on those. Nobody's going nobody's gonna to argue with yeah. that. And I, you know, this is off topic. This is more about the SEC in general. Um, you know, I... It works in their advantage. But I'm very surprised at no point has anybody come in and said, like, you can't play your you can't play like a like a one double A team in November. Um I mean it's hard to say too because a lot of times when you schedule those one double A games, it's a it's a senior day, it's a um it's a alumni day or homecoming or something. So I'm, it's kind of skewed. And I think like it. Well, no, it's, I mean, like you could say alumni, but senior day is about the only one usually because it's the true. But what I, I guess like my, the reason why I would bring this up is because a lot of times 
I'm not certain how far out they know their bye weeks, but like for us in general, like my sophomore year, we we started the season six and one, right? With two top ten wins already. But we played all of our out of conference early in the season, right? So down the stretch, after our last bye week, it was seven, it was six or seven straight uh, conference games. And so, I mean, that takes a toll on you, especially, and it may not show for the Alabamas. Which, but that's the thing is, is nobody cares I, about Kentucky. I get that, but like, you've got to look at it across the board. But like when you're playing for, when you're playing for champions, Playing for championships, it doesn't have to be. Georgia doesn't do it. And nobody does it now because they put their they put their uh, conference game or their out of conference travel at the end of the season. No, 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 no. But what I'm talking about is cupcake week in the SEC. Like the week before your rivalry game, you've got Kentucky plays Tennessee Martin. Um, you've got let's see who else. Vanderbilt plays East Tennessee State. Alabama plays Western Carolina. You've got Auburn plays Stan- uh, Samford. Um, you've got Mississippi State plays Abilene Christian. Like this, is, these are games that are unnecessary. Um, and I hate to say, like it's kind of a weird. It's like a, a, a first world problem for Alabama. They're they're dealing with this. And actually, I read an article recently about the whole SEC is dealing with this. Is um, there's just not that many games. I think the athletic directors are saying like, we play in this conference. So we play, um, we're going to play these, just we're going to play Tulane. We're going to play Southwest Missouri state. And then what happens is nobody comes to the game. Is your issue is who or when? Well, I would say, I would say honestly, so I would say the win is the thing, but I kind of just switched gears a little bit and said like, like the fans are starting to pay, like make the argument with their pockets that they're kind of tired of these games too. And now Alabama, yeah, I, I, mean, I heard this argu- argument the other day that that Alabama fans. I mean, this is just this is just because they're Alabama, but like their season, like there's not that many games they get excited for anymore because they just they know like they don't get hyped for the Tennessee game anymore, like playing Arkansas, like they get the LSU game. I'm sure the A and M game the Auburn game, like that stuff. But all the others, it's like they play New Mexico State, Southern Miss, Western Carolina. Yeah, You know what games they get hyped for? The game in Atlanta and the college football playoffs. And you start scheduling. You- no, I, I get I get that. And that goes back to my argument with the, with the like, you know, uh, I'm surprised the NCAA allows them to schedule the Abilene Christian in November well, at the end of the season. When everybody else is, when everybody else is, when it's like, it why does when the season matter? Yeah, I guess that's my point. If, if Ohio State plays, and- no, because no, because well, you can you can go back, and I haven't done this argument, I haven't done this analysis, but the, um, you know, the when you're dealing with voters, when you lose matters. I agree, but. If you're losing to so when you got other teams school, that are like I don't care if you lose week one. You're not going to the college football playoffs. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. But what you're saying is when you when you when you eliminate that, when you put that at the end of the year, and 
because it's the end of the year, you don't have time to regroup. You're essentially securing your spot. But it's, again, I still don't see how it's any different than you're like, guaranteeing a win. But you're wherever you put is it. what I'm saying. That's the point. I get that. But what I'm arguing is that when you do it at the beginning of the season, it's it's one thing. But when you're doing it at the end of the season, when everybody's banged up, everybody in America's banged up, and you're essentially getting a bye week at the end of the season, yeah, I think it's smart. That, like. You're playing. You're playing the long. You're playing the long con here. Like, no, I agree, but I'm just saying from a couple of arguments. I'm surprised the NCAA has allowed them to do that. One and number two, it's very interesting for this perspective because it's it's coming out that you know, like the fans are starting to say we're we're starting to retire. See, like, can I ask you a question? Go ahead, Justin. The NCAA. I'm sorry. If you're the NCAA, you're saying I'm surprised the NCAA allows it. You would rather Alabama play a neutral site game against a Power Five conference team, right? As and then have two cupcakes for your out of conference. Doesn't matter where they play them, as opposed to Ohio State going again. Not to pick on you, it's Ohio State. I see no fault in them for doing this, but they're going Florida Atlantic, Cincinnati, Miami of Ohio as their out of conference. Alabama, like the NCAA as an organization, would rather see Alabama go cupcake in November, cupcake in August, and then Power 5 matchup versus USC, you know, whatever, in the Georgia Bowl or whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't I, – Okay. I think to Justice's point, like – Well, uh, I mean, like, I, I get it. I guess we're well, talking say, about two different about it. The NCAA, NCAA wants business. Alabama – winning late games so that they can get that revenue on the back end for the bigger games of the season. Like, right. Well, I mean, again, you can even argue, you can make the, I mean, you can make the argument like with the, with the Alabama Clemson national title last year, with the ticket prices being the cheapest they've been in a long time. Um, I don't know. I don't remember what the ratings were to be honest with you, but I'm sure they were still high, but also one thing I did want to, I did want to bring up and, and I heard you mention is like people, using their pockets to to showcase that they don't like some of these lower games. What I see, and granted this is just Kentucky, but I would assume that it probably does this on larger scales as well. But, you know, on those when Alabama plays the Citadel, like, yeah, um, ticket sales aren't going to be as high. But what it does is it allows some of these fans who might not financially be able to afford those season tickets or ridiculously high price game tickets to still get out and see their That's team. a valid point too. So I think of, I think of it like yeah, that. That's a valid like, point. Yeah, we're not going to be able to afford the the LSU Bama ticket. Like that's just ridiculous amount of money. But yeah, we could fork out 50 bucks to go see the Citadel or Fresno State or whoever we're playing. So I think that that gives them an opportunity to do that. Um as well as I just, I mean, I, well, you can make that argument, but then I remember, like, I, I, I can always picture, like, I hate to say this about our guy Sam Grayson, but like, I just, I feel like Auburn always struggles with a team, like a cupcake team, and you look at the crowd, and it's a noon game, and the stadium's like there's yeah, twenty thousand empty seats. Tennessee last year, are you? <laughs> <laughs> What's that? 
where Tennessee beat Auburn at Auburn, and it was a noon kickoff or eleven, actually eleven a.m. Central kickoff. I'd right. argue that I'd, I'd argue that a twelve was, o'clock was, kickoff was a bigger that. issue than playing the cupcake game because we play. I mean, we play sure. Eastern Michigan, or no, excuse me, we open the season with Toledo at noon. I'm not going to the game. If that game was at seven thirty, you bet your ass I'd be at that game. Right. right. I do have a question though. You, we, we, yeah, that's we went past Florida. I. I got a question for Justice, and then I'm I'm going to open up some topics that I got for the SEC. But Justice, do you think that uh, okay, we're do you think Felipe Franks is the quarterback the whole year, or do you think Emory Jones eventually beats him out? My honest opinion is I think Emory Jones beats him out, but I Florida to me is such a tough one because like. I can't say anything bad about Florida as a Tennessee fan because we're perennial losers to Florida. So I'm by default. Mm-hmm. I can't say anything bad about them. But they're a team. I mean, talk your shit. Everybody's zero zero right now. Talk your shit. You might not get a so, lot of chances this year. I just okay, so here's my thing. I don't trust Dan Mullen. Like, I think he's a good coach. I don't think he's as ironically what I said earlier, I don't think he's a great coach. I think he has a good skill set. He can do what he does. I think the Florida job is, and Kevin, you might actually be able to put some input on this, um, actually being able to see Urban Meyer. But the Florida job, the way you succeed at that job is less about how brilliant you are as a head coach and more about how you can manage people. Um, like see Steve Spurrier, see Urban Meyer, the people who have like won incredibly there. They're always going to have elite talent. Like well, they're always going to have yeah. tons, tons of arrests. That. But it's the people that, uh, who can manage that well, who have those types of personalities, who can be the alpha. I just don't see Mullen as that. I just see Dan Mullen in Florida going up in a ball of flames here, maybe this year, maybe next year. I just don't see it working out. I also love Emory Jones actually as a quarterback. Um, I followed him for a while. Yeah, I that's the one guy I do know. Really? He was committed to Ohio State for a long yep, time. Yep, he was. I didn't know that. He was actually yeah. flirting with Tennessee yeah. for a very long time. He was uh he was for sure. I mean, Ohio State had a couple of kids. They had Torrance Gibson, I believe. <laughs> and um who was out of Florida. And um and Emory Jones, they were both committed, but then like Tate Martell, they had Tate Martell in their sights. Obviously, they picked up Dwayne Haskins. They had Joe Burrow. What a recruiting the, class! Um, and then obviously <laughs> they had they had um, JT Barrett hey, playing. Man, Urban Meyer was showing yeah. his ass. Torrance boy. Gibson was higher rated than all of the. He was showing his ass. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting is like. Um, for a run there, I mean, like they just had a, they just had some incredible quarterbacks, athletic quarterbacks like Braxton, you know, coming in. Then JT well, Barrett's fresh. Four hundred of them. So if they fail, then they just next man up. Yeah. So, but yeah, so they ended up all leaving because they're all really great, <laughs> or most of them anyway. Again, uh, why sit for oh, a shot at one year when I can go showcase my talent for two or three? Like I, I get it. Now you don't want to pull hot. Good for Jalen Hurts, like <laughs> Tate Martell, but you know you want to Miami Martell. You don't call him Tate Martell. He's Miami Martell. Porter Martell. 
that he's existed in the abyss way more than he's been on campus. You know what? If the NCAA allows him to transfer again, it should be under the 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 guidelines that he has to only listen to the Twilight Zone. Stuck in the portal no. forever. He is my man's getting to see the world. He's got to go out west now. You've been up north. You've been down south. You got to go like you know where he should go. You know where I'd go. Go play at Oregon. Go to yeah Oregon. Well yeah of course, okay. but I go. I'd look at Oregon. I'd look at Oklahoma. Arizona State is where he's called. Like, where's he from? He's from Vegas, yeah. right? I mean, he played at Bishop Gordon. Uh, I mean, he went to high school in Vegas, but I think he's he he transferred to Vegas from so he's like a California, California kid. So like Arizona State, Arizona, one of those. He's from uh, California, yeah, Poway, Poway. He would get nothing done. He would get nothing. Herm done. Edwards. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> you play. Win. All right, let's the get game. back on topic here. Let's get back on topic. Um, you want to break? No, I had, break I had some top questions five I wanted to run by you. Just some like SEC All right, go for it. questions. I just want to. Well, before you do that, I want to give you an update. Um, I'm just started the fourth <laughs> quarter. I'm tied. Cleveland Browns versus Chicago Bears in you're, you're the NFL Blitz 2000. So. <laughs> okay, I'm so we got to start with the home team. Um, I know my take, I know my response, but I want to hear from you too. Um, is Kentucky primed for a fall off this year? A major fall off? Hundred percent, yes, yes. Hunt, primed for it? Will it happen? I don't know. I mean, this is where uh, this is where Mark Stoops makes his money. You know what I mean? But you got the quarterback. Um, and so I mean, that's a big help. But I don't, I don't know. I, I, you know, I don't know the roster. I feel like Mark Stoops has got, he's been in it long enough that he's hopefully right. got his guys in there. I um, so um, they're primed. They are. They're primed. And the hard part is, the hard part is, you've got Florida. Mm-hmm. They're elevating. Um, so I mean that's. It's tough when you're when you really are mm-hmm. got a competitive shot at number two in the league, and then now, now it's going to be really tough for you to be two in the league. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What do you, Jeremy Pruitt? Think he's ever going to get well, it done? Before we go to Jeremy Pruitt, AJ, I will. Well, no. Well, the reason I the reason I asked that is because oh, sure. of their competition. I mean, obviously, if Kentucky's got a fall off, they got to lose games. So, are they going to beat Missouri? Is Jeremy Pruitt going to get it going? Is is uh, Muschamp ever going to get it going in South Carolina? Like, well, the thing about Kentucky is, and AJ, I say point. this like incredibly positively, like I'm optimistic for you guys in a good way. I think there is a fall off in a good way. Like sometimes you rebuild, you lose a lot of guys that are super important and super talented, but you 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 know you're getting a good recruiting class. You've got momentum. You fall off, but fall off doesn't mean like terrible. Mm-hmm. Like you're six or seven wins, and you're you know competitive in all the other ones. You have a lot of momentum going forward still, and it propels you further in the next year, kind of where you have a better quarterback. Also, my yeah, my uh, big no, fall no off is five, and, five seven. and seven. Oh, I'm oh I'm saying like I'm saying fall off, and I'm saying six or seven wins. Kind no. Of 
And I'm saying, okay, yeah, yeah. And I got like say fall off six or seven wins, maybe even eight if everything like you know matches up perfectly. And I think that's positive for Kentucky because like Scary Terry is not going to win you like where you're wanting to go. I think everyone agrees with that. Like he's a good quarterback. He can win you games. He can get you maybe maybe when you won you shouldn't if he has a great day, but. He's not going to get you to where you're wanting to go, but he's going to get, he's going to keep propelling you forward where the team's momentum is heading. And I think everything with this program, and I've never said this before with Kentucky, I follow recruiting very closely, unfortunately, um, to my health, but like everything in that program is moving positively mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> Plus, you got my boy Cash Daniel. He's wild. <laughs> so. My personal opinion he is, is here. So awesome. um, I don't think we're. I think that the year we will have this year, in nine out of ten years previously, or just years even before that, people would look at it as a success. I think more people will start to nitpick at things just because it's coming after a 10-win season. Um, if you if you had to ask me right now, like, I think I, this is just pure honesty. I think we fall anywhere from seven to eight wins. Um, I think that if you ask me to, like, if you ask me right now how confident I was in us winning eight games, I'd say not very much. If you ask me how confident I was in us winning seven, I'd probably put the house on seven just because, I mean, if you look at our, if you look at our schedule, you should win. We should win our four out of conference games. Um, It's just that simple. Like you have to win those four games. Arkansas is still rebuilding. So that has to be a win. I've got, I've got, I've got Kentucky at eight. With two toss ups and two guaranteed losses. That's what I was gonna say. I would say I would say Georgia's our only guaranteed loss on on the schedule. Only one. Okay. I agree with that. Hundred percent chance of losing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say that that's the only definitive one. Like right now, I'm going into what percentage would you put Florida and Kentucky? What's at Kentucky? I'd say sixty forty. Okay. I mean, I would really I, I would favor Kentucky or I'd favor Florida in that game. But you got to think like we like. The game last year, although it ended close, wasn't really close. It we wasn't pretty much close manhandled at all. Florida, and it wasn't close at all. We pretty much manhandled well, here's the, Florida. Here's what I wonder, though: is like a lot of those games were so close. Did anybody else play, or is it a sense where you had to like you had to rely on your guys to win, and now all those guys had to play all these games? And now they're all gone, and everybody else is like, "You got good players, but they just haven't played yet." Possibly, but I think that, like, I know Terry put the ball on the ground and threw a pick uh, in that game. I think that uh, we had a couple chances to really put our foot on their throat and didn't. And while I do think Benny did a lot of tough yard toting up front, we manhandled them. Our offensive line just. Like blasted them the entire game, so I think you can substitute other backs in that. And if you're getting that same effort up front, 
it's going to be hard for Florida to stop that, regardless of who's at running back. Um, I think that having them at home gives us an added bonus. And I also think, like, not having the streak anymore. Like, I think people fail, like, fail to really wrap their minds around, like, what a streak like that does to you mentally. Like, you could be in close games. I remember it was, it was a, the Tennessee streak, yeah, too. It was a 7-6 ball game my freshman year in the swamp. And even if in a 7-6 game, I was still kind of like, we ain't really ever been here before, so I don't really know how to react, you know? like Or Tennessee games. Like, There's been times we've been up on Tennessee heavy, and it's just like one of those things where it might not even be a big play, but it might be like a third and three, and you hit a guy in the backfield, but he somehow shakes loose and gets four. And she's like, that's typical Tennessee. Like, you got them, you got them where you want them. You're up 10. All you got to do is, you know, get a turnover on downs, get the ball back on a three and out, and really, like, insert your will. And they pick up just an ugly first down. And then the drive continues, and they get three out of something they shouldn't have got. Then you go three and out, and they get the ball back. And it just kind of, like, mentally, it wears on you when you haven't beat a team in 30-something years. So I think, like, not having that monkey on your back, now you just walk into the game and you play. Like, you just show up and you play football. Um, I, To me, it's – I would say both teams are probably coming in 2-0, 3-0 into that game. And it's going to be one of those games that decides pecking order in the East early. And – you know, I think that when you've got a you've got two veteran quarterbacks, I'd probably give Felipe Franks a little nod over Terry, but I also think that without Benny, the offense is going to have to grow. Like you're gonna have to trust Terry to do things. I think last year we were reserved because we could be, because we had Benny. Whereas now you have to trust Terry to make some plays. And I think at, to your to both of y'all's points, sometimes we that will bite us in the ass. And eventually what you hope for is that he grows through that process and he comes out on the other side and it's like we have our quarterback for the future and for the rest of the season and the future. How old is, is Terry? He'll be He's a senior. I'm pretty sure he'll be a junior this year. Wasn't he a JUCO guy though? Yeah, only after after one year though. Oh, gotcha. But um, yeah. So I think yeah. If I look at Kentucky's schedule, I got win against Toledo, win against Eastern Michigan, loss at Florida against Florida, toss up against Mississippi State because on the road. Um, I think Mississippi State is not going to be that great. But, it's on the road. Uh, That's you know, a, I always mark that a toss up because that series is weird. I always mark that a toss up. Yep. At South Carolina, win. Arkansas, win. At Georgia, loss. Missouri, win. Tennessee, toss up. At Vanderbilt win, Tennessee Martin win, Louisville win. That's how I look at it. Like, that's honestly how I, I would put Tennessee as a win, but, I mean, you can't. Yeah, no, you, have to, you have to put it as a toss-up because I, clearly we were their better team last year, and they, I mean, they beat up on us. And It's that weird Tennessee voodoo. Yeah, with it happens all the time. Like, we'll try to – shit, the, the year we broke the streak, we played a – a receiver at quarterback the whole game and beat him. Like, it's just, it doesn't make sense ever. But I agree with you there. I think um, ultimately, we we covered this 
earlier, early on in the podcast lifetime, but I think that you have to you have to bridge those those gap years. We talk about it all the time. But you got to bridge those gap years, and I think right now we have a hell of a class. We had a hell of a recruiting class this year. This coming season, we have a hell of a class. The main thing you got to do this year is win football games to keep those recruits that you have and bridge the gap with your fans. So if you're putting up a seven, eight win season, the majority of the Kentucky fan base will respect that and also look at that as a success because you are losing so much uh, from a great team the year before. Um, and it puts you in a place to to continue that ball of success moving forward. Uh, so it's got to put you, like you have to manage these these off gap years the best of your ability. So I think that's where Kentucky is at this year. Um, but not to make this all about Kentucky because this is the SEC. So I want to jump back to some of these questions for y'all. Um, all right. We got year two of Jimbo at A and M. I think the A&M is a great team, but boy, do they, they've got their work cut out for them this year. Like the schedule just doesn't shape up well for A&M. And I think, I don't think it will be indicative of the team that they have. Like, I feel like they might be eight and four and just roll into that, the Alamo bowl or something and just smash the team they play. Yeah. I always wonder why they can't just bail on that Clemson game. <laughs> just like, can we re- can we kick this? Can we punt this for like three more weeks or three more years? Yeah, I don't know what kind of agreement they did, but like, you know, a few years ago, Vanderbilt and Ohio State had a, an agreement, and Vanderbilt's like, nah, we don't really want to play anymore. And um, and so they they just canceled. Well, I mean, so if you're A and I I don't think A and M fears Clemson, and they shouldn't. I mean. I don't think so. I don't think so either. But like at some point it's tough because if you go nine and four, Jimbo goes nine and four. And then they go eight and four. And it's like, you know what I mean? Pressure's a funny thing. I mean it is, but I look at their schedule this year and I'm like, whoo boy, like that's just a tough that's a tough schedule to like bounce back and play against. But, but I look at their schedule next But that's a sign of a that's a sign of a mediocre program, though, man. They don't; those people paying the checks, they don't, they don't see How's that. that mediocre. They You're, want the three games that we have them slotted to lose are against the top three of the top five teams in the nation. No, it's warranted, but it's a mediocre record, eight and four. Like you know what I mean? Those, the people, the boosters, they don't see it through the lens we see it. They see it as we're a And M, we're we're the best program, like. We should, why aren't we winning these games? See, this is ridiculous. Coach, I don't necessarily on? agree with that. I think that A&M boosters are looking at this like, we got Jimbo here for a reason, and we're looking at the schedule like, hey, we just got the short end of the shit stick this this year. No, but but that's but that's my point is because if, you know, th- you only get that many so many times. I get it, but okay, so like this is – So, and there's – and I get this, but – but that's what I mean, though. Like, if it go, if it happens this year, and then all of a sudden you look at twenty twenty, and maybe you lose a game you shouldn't. Looking at their twenty twenty schedule I mean? right like, now, they play Abilene Christian, North Texas, Colorado, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Fresno State. They go at Auburn. They go at South Carolina. They got Ole Miss, Vandy, Alabama, LSU. They're roll. They're steamrolling through that that uh, schedule with at least ten wins next year, at least. 
one, two, three. You know, but here, but here, let me let me give you this scenario. So if they go, what is that? Thirteen. One, 12. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Okay. So let's say, God forbid, they go eight and four this year, and let's say they win the bowl game. Okay, and they go nine and four this year, nine and four in year one, and then they start to steamroll. And let's just say they lose at Auburn. Are you pretty much going to? I mean, you'd assume they lose at Alabama, I'm, right? I'm literally only giving them a loss at Alabama on the schedule. Okay, but what if happened? I mean, it's you know, I mean, it's it the could. league. It's you a tough league. What if they go? What if they go nine and three? But what if they go nine and three again and they go to the bowl game? And what if it turns into ten and three, nine and four? And this was supposed to be our year, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, hey, coach, we paid you a lot of money. You're sleeping on Texas A&M this year, so I think yeah, like opinion. look at yeah, you, I, Texas. That's what like I mean because I think they they need to do I better than nine and three. A&M, this like. Go ahead. Oh, I, th- I think they're way more stacked than you guys think. It's because they don't have like the flashy quarterback position. You got Kellen Mond. No, I think their like quarterback Kellen position. Kellen I mean, Mond is, yeah, and he could play. But their defense—they lost all those man, guys at the, up front. They're recruiting at such a high level. Like it's not like they're like dropping off. They're increasing their recruiting. So it's like, but so that's what I say next year. Sure, but. I think this. I think this year's got to be ten wins. Clemson is a guaranteed loss. I mean, I'd say seventy. I don't think so either. You go to Lamar. Ah, Yeah, on the road at Clemson, I'm giving that like eighty twenty. I think at home versus Auburn is like ninety ten. No of them winning. Yeah, I don't. No offense to Sam Grayson or anything. I don't. I'm lower on Auburn this year. Like Arkansas is a win. Alabama, that's tough. But everybody's lower on Ar- on Alabama, on Auburn, and this and that's when they oh, do. That's it. very you know true. I mean, I saw three predictions. Auburn is like fourth in the conference this year. Yeah, really, like debatable. We'll see. I don't know about that. I mean, man, Tennessee got top. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. That should tell you all you need to know about preseason stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was a coach's poll. It's a coach's poll. Game so far. I'm not talking about coaches poll, but yes, your point is taken. Y'all paid for votes, didn't you? Sure did. So I say that to say this. I think this year they're I think they're they're stuck with what they're stuck with. Like it's hard to get ten wins when you play when three of your twelve are against the top four teams in the nation. Like that's just hard. But I think I think I agree. if you look at Typically, when you look at coaches in college football, year three is where they make their mark, typically. Because, well, you can you argue year two. A lot of yeah. people win. And a lot of people I win. I mean, they start to two. transition it, but for the most part, like that means you've had three recruiting classes. You've got some guy, hopefully, you've had three. You've got some veteran leaderships, and it's pretty much you phased out all the stuff that was before you by year three, pretty much. Cause like I look at I look at uh, Kentucky, and I think we went two and ten, two and ten, five and seven. So year three was our five and seven. We went two and ten, two and ten. I think it's either two and ten, four and eight, or two and ten, two and ten, five and seven, five and seven. Then we went bowl game, bowl game, bowl game. 
So I, did, I mean, like, you're not hiring, you're like, you understand, like, what you're hiring into. Like, you've got, like, Jimbo's going to have to pick off some of those five-star recruits and get them in and get them developed so you can compete with the Alabamas. That's not going to happen after one year. Okay, here you go. Yeah. You ready for this? Year 2000, Bob Stoops won it in his second year. 2001, Larry Coker won it in his first year. 2002 is kind of a weird year because no matter what, the winner was going to win it in their second year. Jim Trestle won it in his second year. If Larry Coker won it that, that game, it would have been mm-hmm. his second year as well. 2003, Pete Carroll. Split national title, I guess. No, I mean, Did the they USC. Auburn that year? Um, I don't know why New York Times is saying that. Nick Saban, LSU, probably because the NCAA stripped USC of its uh, title. Not, not no, that's not that wasn't that wasn't two thousand three. Mm-hmm. That was two thousand four. So Carroll won it in two thousand three in his third year. Pete Carroll won it again two thousand four in his fourth year. Mac Brown is eighth. Urban Meyer at Florida in 06 in his second year. Les Mile at LSU in 07 with his third year. Meyer again in his fourth year. Saban in Alabama in his third year. Gene Chizik in Auburn with his second oh, oh. year. <laughs> And then he got saved. Yeah, well, put an asterisk on some of these. Like, goddamn, if I had Cam Newton my second year, hell yeah, I'm winning it. Like, yeah. Like, wait a minute. I, I get what you're saying, but I also like if you look at those schedules, these teams weren't playing three of the top five teams in the nation. Yeah. Well, well preseason, preseason but I mean, like preseason, postseason, however you slice it. Like, I think everybody agrees that Georgia. Georgia, they Alabama, and they do. Clemson are three of easily the best five teams in the nation. I, yeah, I'd some, I mean, well, luck. I'd say three of the top eight. I don't like. I don't care how you slice it. I don't care what bias you play. You got to look at it and say top eight teams. It's got to be those three are in there because you could argue. You yep. could argue. I think you could go. To the I mean, top you could, I'm just saying, like, you could argue Ohio State, Michigan. Texas into that with those, and then, uh, you're right on two of those. Well, I mean, like you wouldn't say Michigan, but I think like the majority of individuals across the country would put Michigan in that. I mean, you'd put Oklahoma in honestly. There too. Yeah, well, that's bullshit because honestly, like putting Michigan, like if you're gonna put Michigan, why wouldn't you put Texas A&M at, like ranked number five? You know what I mean? What is Michigan? I mean, you wouldn't, but I, I would say, like, based upon how everybody's projecting this season to play out, they right. would put Michigan in there. Wouldn't it be wild if, like, wouldn't it be wild if just chaos happened? I think that's probably what makes college, honestly, what's made college football so boring the past couple of years is the chaos hasn't ensued. Could you imagine if, like, A&M was in the hunt and, like, not, I don't want to wish an injury on anybody, but, like, if, like, you know, Alabama loses to Auburn. They go on the road and lose one that they shouldn't lose. Um, you know, maybe it's LSU. It'd be so refreshing. It'd be that. It would be. It would be really refreshing. I mean, yeah. I love college football and I'm going to watch it and I still love it, but it would be. It'd be nice to see like LSU playing. Well, Texas isn't that the allure the, of college football like overall? It's like, okay, you you don't really have a playoff like we have a playoff now, 
But the whole point of it is the regular season matters. Every single game matters. Well, that's great. Right. But when the regular season becomes so predictable and the same teams are there every single year, it kind of loses its luster. Where it's when you have the upsets, you have the random team come out of nowhere, the random player become a Heisman contender out of nowhere. That's when it gets fun. I'd agree. Yeah. And that's when you get into the, you get into like the little, I mean, there's a bunch of articles about it and I can't cite them off the top of my head, but there'll be like people who break down like the impact of loss on rankings for certain teams. And like, that's kind of like, you know, for a while there, it seemed like Alabama was always tripping up on somebody, but it was like, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? They're going to get in anyway. They're going to get the benefit of the doubt. All right. So my next question is, um, what will Kelly Bryant do at Missouri this year? I have no idea. I really don't. <laughs> I I think that. I think he had a better chance being, being uh, Lawrence's backup. Nah. Just, I, I, don't, I don't know, man. It's just I mean, not the same as it's just not the same Missouri in my book. I, I agree. I I think that, but I think like Missouri's returning their top running back, and I think they have like two. They got a big tight end, three team. linemen. They got a big receiver. So I mean, like offensively, they got something coming back. Yeah, I guess I, we're gonna I, have to put it together. I think that um I mean he could be he could be really, really good. I just don't know how his game is gonna translate to playing with and I don't think this is by any stretch of imagination a shot, but it's lesser talent than he's used to. I mean and that's so, true. I would say I mean, that. I mean, if you put honestly, like they're going to be, I the the ones are probably not. The ones are less talented, mm-hmm. but they're on scholarship too. I think the difference is the is the depth, and this just happens to be a year for Missouri that they're going to have the depth. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I mean, that's that's good news for him. I'm looking at the schedule they got at Wyoming, yep. win mm-hmm. West Virginia. You mm-hmm. hope you'd win that game. I, I mean, yeah. Southeast Missouri State, you got to win. Yep. South Carolina, they blew that game last year. They lost 35-37 on the road. Blood Bowl. Troy, got to win that game. Ole Miss, you got to win that game. At Vanderbilt, you got to win that game. At Kentucky, uh, you know, you would think if you're Missouri, you're going to win that game. You if got you're more Missouri, coming back. You, you're more you got more coming back than Kentucky does. Missouri's got to do their damage early. Because then they got at Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, at Arkansas. So they're going to get beat up. Yeah. Missouri has to do their damage early. I agree with what you're saying. I think that – and I think I'm almost positive we said this on the Big 12 breakdown, but you'll know who Missouri is by week two. Like how they perform against West Virginia – We'll tell you what they'll be for the rest of the year. 
Why do you say that? Because I just I, I think it's a competitive team. I think West Virginia has you you know what we are or how we always see Big Ten or Big Twelve teams play the SEC and they spread them out and they really make their defenses look vulnerable. Offensively, though, like. Missouri should be able to move the ball. So if they are efficiently moving the ball, you know they've got a decent offense. If they're struggling to score against West Virginia, not not that West Virginia is a bad team. They just defensively is not their characteristic. So if they're struggling to score against them, you would assume that that offense has some problems and is going to struggle even more once you get into the heart of your SEC play. Well, you could make that argument, or you could say, hey, it's only week two. Kelly Bryant's got to break it. I mean, you could, but as a as a senior quarterback who's played eighteen games before, like it shouldn't take you long to break in. The same thing we it said about Oklahoma. Like by week two, you're gonna know if Jalen Hurts can can efficiently run that team to or or to Oklahoma standards, or if there's gonna be a slight drop off uh, because of his passing abilities in relation to the last two guys that that ran the offense. I feel like you'll know 80% by West Virginia and 100% by South Carolina two weeks later. That's fair. That's fair. Because you got week one, week two, and then you got the the tune-up game, and then you got your first league play. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you'll know then. That's fair. Um, Another one that I have, uh, is it is it Georgia's time? You know, I I feel like it's a I, I picked Georgia to beat Alabama in the SEC championship game, mm-hmm. and I picked it just because of the mentality of the team. Like this is it. You got a quarterback. You got the chip on the shoulder. I feel like honestly, like that is the thing that the X factor that I'm counting on from Georgia. I think. I, I... It's tough, but I think I'm I'm almost there with you. How about Georgia's crossover game being Alabama next year? Yeah, and it's in, a shame it doesn't happen this year. Oh God, that'd be a damn slug fit. It's 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 not going to matter. I mean, they'll be both be up there next year. I think that while I agree with you, I think Georgia the chip on Georgia's shoulder is going to do a lot for them this year. I hesitate because they lost so much in their receiving core. So much. And it's like, I I assume that Kirby has been recruiting his ass off and has got guys to fill those voids. But, I mean, when you lose two just stud running backs and you lose a handful of starting wide receivers, like – you don't just come back from that that easy, you know? Right. And so I think that it a lot like Well, so if if I'm looking at this new incoming class, if you're looking at national rankings by position group, mm-hmm. Georgia's got the number 4 and number 5 wide receiver coming in as freshmen. Mm-hmm. So, I mean that that helps a lot. Now granted they are freshmen, but like you said, they're they're recruited at such a high level. Ooh, excuse me. Yeah, I, it's it's going to be tough, but I I I do think Georgia can. I think 
offensive line, Georgia will be really, really good. So between that and bringing back uh, DeAndre Swift, and I'm sure they have just ungodly running backs behind him, but having uh, Swift being your main ball carrier. What about? What about who? I was going to say, I mean, if you look at their offensive line, you got junior, junior, sophomore, sophomore, sophomore. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's, and then you got your qu- quarterback, running back, are both juniors. Oh man, could you imagine if everybody came back next year? That's what I'm saying. Like, but even this year, like, if I'm handing the ball to Swift, he, you know, he's a hard runner and he's going to get you yards. So when I put the ball in the stomach and I play fake, like, the defense has to respect that. Which is gonna, which I think is gonna help those younger receivers a lot because the defense are gonna have to respect the run game, and that's gonna open up passing alleys off the play action, very much yeah. like Alabama does. So, what's your last question here? So, my last question is: Tennessee making a bowl game this year? Oh, that's not the question I thought you were gonna ask. I mean, if you got a question, feel free. We did lose to a five and seven Tennessee team. We did, unfortunately. For okay, Jeff, I've got, clip. I've I've got Tennessee Georgia State loss. Whoa. Or, <laughs> Whoa. You heard it here, baby. You heard it here. Get the bleep out of here. <laughs> I got that a win. You heard it. And then here I first, got B. Baby. I got BYU loss. Chattanooga BYU win lost at Florida at loss in Georgia. England. At seven o'clock. Yes. Hey, yes. Man. What do you want to bet on the podcast? I'll bet you a gentleman bet a dollar. A gentleman bet a bottle of whatever Buffalo Trace bourbon is in town. Gotcha. I'll I'll, I'll do I'll do a bottle of no, nah, I, I ain't gonna do a bottle. I'll do a gentleman bet a dollar. You ain't confident. Yeah. I mean you don't ever bet on Tennessee. <laughs> So at Florida loss, Georgia loss, Mississippi State loss, at Alabama loss, South Carolina win, UAB win, at Kentucky toss up, at Missouri. There's a loss. You have you have that Missouri as a loss? Yeah, just because Missouri's freaks. They like have our number since they've been in the SEC. And then I got Vanderbilt as a win. At home. Yeah. You got Vandy as a win, huh? Well, that'd be the first time for the senior class. <laughs> That's wild, man. So that puts me at uh, win one, two. You're at six. Three, four, five, six. Guys, I don't see six wins on the schedule. You're sleeping on Garantano, man. I mean, I he's a pro. I see. Who would you rather have, Garantano or Felipe Franks? That's not even a question. Garantano in Florida, I put them in the SEC championship game. You are so biased. Garantano I'm, threw 12 touchdowns last year. No, no he didn't. I, no chance I'm taking it. Sure as shit did. He went 12 touchdowns and three picks. No, I'm saying. Felipe Franks doubled his production. PFF had, has Garantano as like the third best quarterback like in the SEC and one of like the top 10 in the country. Yeah, I'm Yo, not I, like that. They also had Shea Patterson as the highest ranked quarterback in the Big Ten last year. Like, <laughs> get the fuck no. out of here. Get fuck. I'm just saying, like, Garantano, like, the issue with Tennessee last year wasn't Garantano. It was Garantano getting put on his backside after 
two seconds every play. Yeah, this year. Oh, oh no, I'm not talking about Tennessee. You were talking about Garantano as an individual. That's what I was stating. So like also, Garantano- how did you talk not talk more shit after beating Auburn and Kentucky last year? Because they still went five and seven. You are because way too modest. They went because five and seven. I don't care what kind because of shit talking. Like, okay, yeah, y'all beat us. Cool. Like, make sure you're at home starting your year That's off properly true. after you leave the gym from starting your New Year's resolution and you come home and watch us beat up on Penn State for our 10th win. And we whooped your ass this year too, AJ. Just watch out. That's okay. It's just what we do. That's cool. Y'all not beating us this year. No, I'm not no, I'm not no, I'm not talking about last year. I'm talking about this year too. It's what Tennessee does Listen. with Kentucky. It's what we've done for like seventy so of the you're, last you're counting seventy years. I'm looking at the last four. We're two and two. Like I, y'all aren't coming like you don't just come into Lexington anymore and mark it as a W, especially the way that y'all play. And like you you like scuff your nose at Kevin saying BYU um, in Neyland, like, let's not trip. Like, I bet my, like, oh, no, Kentucky, no, like, I, no, I'm no. just being silly. Let's I'm being trip. silly at Kentucky. Like, uh, Kentucky could, like, Charlotte last year didn't give y'all trouble at home. But that, that happened with, like, we, we won the SEC one year, and I think we had a, like, a, seven point game against like a FBS team. Let's not trip like that the, the year before that UMass gave me trouble yes. at home. Let's not think anything under Butch Jones I don't count. Let's not it's think not, before that Appalachian State gave you trouble at home. Like who was the coach there? It doesn't Man. matter. Like Tennessee fans are truly it, the it Michigan fans. It doesn't matter. Like you you say it's at home and I, I get it. Like it's kneeling. Like it's a hundred and five thousand. Like I get it. But like you can, they're not going to scoff at BYU like they ain't consistently winning seven, no, eight games a season. Not, no. Whoa, AJ. That's not me saying like BYU of like a couple years ago. Like that's me knowing college football and knowing BYU's down this year. Listen. That's not me. Again, that's not me. Again, BYU is different this year than they were a couple years ago. Like they're way down. Like as a program themselves, regardless of Tennessee or not. I get it. That's all but, I'm saying there. But – Tennessee's not in a position to, to to be in the bottom and point fingers and be like, oh, y'all are down this year. Like, you got to get up before you can point and say somebody else is down. We've been down for, like, 15 years. I've been saying that. Right. Nobody's so, so there's no reason why that. down BYU couldn't beat them. Yeah, but that's no different than, like, saying West End down couldn't beat McKissick. Like, it's, no. Hell it's, no, we couldn't. Yes, it can't. <laughs> no. <laughs> Like that proven fact. We lost to them four straight years. Down oh, up, that's not matter. Last year at home, it, a couple different things go our way. Like a couple bounces go differently. That's a win. Yeah, a couple different bounces. Man, you has, like, that's the most rose colored yeah, glasses like, I've ever heard of in my like life. About, like they're start running back getting bounced off the bus on I forty. Yeah, that's the only way we were going to win that game. That's not true. I'm a special teams coach. I guarantee you, me and Parks worked on those onside kicks for hours. You, we get like a hop that's like six inches further two times. That's the ball that where they don't score, and that's our possession where we maybe 50-50 on scoring. You're out right, of your For mind. those of you who don't know, i got to bring this back. A.J. Justice and I coach middle school football here in Nashville, Tennessee. So that's what we're talking about. Oh, man. 
AJ, the question I was going to ask you is... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, before you go. So, Justice, how many games are y'all winning this year? Seven. I bet a bottle on that Man. for sure. What do you want to bet? Let's put it on the pod. I bet a bottle Eagle Rare y'all don't win seven games. Not counting seven regular season games. Y'all don't win seven. Eagle Rare 16? No. <laughs> First of all, it's 17. Second of all, like, that's like me being, yeah, let's bet Pappy 23. Like, fuck, let's bet a goddamn alien off a UFO. Like, you're not going to find that bottle anyway, so it doesn't matter. All right. 40 bucks. Deal. Y'all ain't winning seven games, Justice. Like, I, I won't tweet one tweet. When we play you guys in Lexington. You know what Chris Whedon told me today? Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. One is the so hot take. On the earth. Tennessee wins more games than Alabama this year. See, He's in it. Brady just can't take fucking feedback from anybody. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he been, what does he want to bet? He's got a lot of money. Been, what does he want to bet? Listen, he's been over, he's been out of the country for a couple weeks. Like, <laughs> he. He, he, you could have been texting with anybody. Ain't no tech. Like, get the fuck out. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. Does he actually want to put his money where his mouth is there? No, he don't want to bet that. Oh man, because I'd like to put a lot of money on that. I put, I put my phone. I put our speaking for me and my wife, our mortgage on that. Tennessee ain't winning more games than Alabama. Me too. I would put my mortgage on that for sure. That's bold move. Listen. I, AJ out here betting the house. Betting. Listen, before before Alabama's second bye week, they're going to have more wins than Tennessee's <laughs> going to have all year. Before their second bye week. Before November, Alabama's going to have more wins than Tennessee does. So the question I was going to ask you is, will the SEC get two teams in the playoff? Mm. The only way is got to be, in my opinion, is if you have two losses combined between Alabama and Georgia at the uh, after the SEC championship game. Yeah. Um, the only for, both one the only game. foreseeable way I see us see the SEC getting two is if if Alabama loses to Georgia in. In the um, championship, championship game, game yeah, and Georgia can only lose. Let me see. Georgia can only potentially lose to LSU. Nah, I would say Notre Dame. Really? Even after Notre Dame lost thirty-one nothing. Well, Georgia, Georgia, Georgia don't play LSU this year. Oh, that's right. That's right. And I think that losing to A and M or Auburn. Is going to be a little too late in the season, right? So I think, like, I think if they lose to Notre Dame in September, but then they come back, they beat a good Florida team, they beat a good Auburn team, they beat a good A and M team, and then they beat Bama in the uh, SEC championship. I think that would probably catapult them into the playoffs. And then if Bama was number two and that was their first loss, I think they would drop to number four. 
That's a that's a that's a tough tough scenario to predict for the rest of college football. I I, I to answer your question, I know I don't think they get two teams in. I as, as much as I I think they got it right a couple years ago. Bless you. I think they got it right a couple years ago. I just don't think that a lot of things have to ha- like a lot of teams around them have to lose, and like I just don't. If see Oklahoma it. had two losses, and Ohio State had like had, had a couple losses, then yeah, put them in. Yeah, you know what I absolutely. Mean? Um, but anyway, let's get to our top five games of the year in the SEC. Um, I've got mine ready to go. I'll, I'll just start off. off that he said Tennessee is winning more games than Alabama. Like I'm upset. Drake voice. That's just disrespectful. Like that's real disrespectful. But okay, top five games. Let's get it cracking. My number one or number five game. I got Texas A&M at LSU for the for the fun factor. The rematch of the seven-game thriller. I think that was final score was 74-72. That was a heck of a game. I'm excited to watch the rematch. Number four, I got Alabama at Auburn. If Auburn was better, probably be higher, but that's probably the SEC's best rivalry game. Number three, I got Georgia versus Florida. Winner probably determines the East Division crown. Also, are they allowed to call it the greatest cocktail party on – on Earth anymore? Are they, they're not allowed to do that anymore, right? Why? Because they, they sell alcohol. Yeah, I think it's like a politically correct thing. They're not allowed to do that anymore. Unfortunately, they are not allowed. Oh man, yeah. that's weak. Sad. Yeah, I don't like it. So uh, number two, I got LSU at Texas because um, that's such a huge implication national uh, from nationally for the SEC. Um, you know, at the end of the day, probably won't have that much of an impact. Only mm-hmm. if LSU stays relevant. But from a fun factor, I'm excited about that game. And then number one, Alabama at LSU. So I, how many years is it in a row now? That's uh, seven years in a nine. row. That, is it nine since the 9-6 game that Alabama? No, I'm just saying I think it's nine in a row that Bama's won. Yeah, yeah. I think, it's, I think the 9-6 game was the last time LSU won. But uh, this is the best shot. Mm-hmm. And um, – I'm I'm excited to watch that game the most. So, you know what's kind of weird? Like we didn't have a lot of the same games. I don't think. Really? So I and I picked I picked some more random ones that I think will have compli- like that will have impact. But obviously, like your your Iron Bowl, you know your your Clemson A and M. Like obviously, those are big games. So I I left those off, and I went with a few other ones. Um, I had LSU, Texas, obviously, but bless you. I had Auburn and Oregon. I think that's a huge game for two teams that um, that both have playoff aspirations, but I don't know. They're going to have to do more to get there, and I think the team that loses – that first game is probably fighting uphill battle the rest of the year, regardless. Yeah. So I think that's a big game. Um, Notre Dame and Georgia. I think for Notre Dame, they've got to win that game and they've got to win uh, Michigan to have a chance. But that's a tough. That's a tough feat going into uh, Sanford Stadium, like and getting a dub. So I think that one. 
That one's going to be a tough game, but it's a night game, right? I believe so. I believe uh, LSU Alabama. CBS, yeah, it's a CBS game, the night game. LSU Alabama is got moved to like a noon kickoff or something like that. Um, or was it a different game? No, the the, the LSU Alabama got moved to three thirty because oh. they only get one night game. Um, so that the, that uh, Georgia Notre Dame is now the the one night game. Um, I've also got Georgia and A and M. I think that that could be one of those things. I think A and M. We talked about. Shoot, I forgot who we said the other day, but I think A and M could play spoiler. Oh, we talked about Michigan State playing spoiler. I think A and M has a chance to play spoiler for a lot of team seasons this year, and perhaps put themselves in in position to make a run at things. So. Uh, I do think that that game will be a pretty good one. Um, I got UT BYU. Like <laughs> I know we just argued wow. about it, but I had it written down, man. Like I, I think that game is going to be a big determinant whether Tennessee can get to six wins or not. I don't. You you definitely can't get to six wins without that game, and so I think that that's one that a lot of Tennessee fans are probably looking past. Not necessarily the the knowledgeable Tennessee fans, which are few or far between, but I was gonna say, don't say looking past. I'm a Tennessee fan. Yeah, but like you you're you're a college football person. Like you'll look into this. I think the average Tennessee fan, seventy five percent of the people that wear orange around this city or Knoxville that claim they're fans that don't really know shit, they will look at BYU and be like, Oh, that's a win because it's not a recognizable Power Five or, or SEC team school, they'll look at that as a guaranteed win, which I don't believe that to be true right now. I do. Th- I think Tennessee will have their hands full, um, and I think that'll be a good game. And then it'll the, be fun. It'll be a hell of a way to uh, spend my birthday weekend. That's for sure. It'll be a hell of a way for you to kick off twenty one by losing to BYU. Twenty one. Yeah. Just, I've seen you drink, man. <laughs> wow, drink We're like going there. You drink like a twenty-year-old. <laughs> and then the last two games, I got, I got UK, Florida, because for all the reasons we touched on earlier, like um, now that the streak's been beat, like how do you, how do you start the next streak? Like, does Florida come out and put a stomping on Kentucky? And solidify themselves as the second best team in the East, or just come out and show like like last year wasn't a fluke. And do they show that hey, we're we're here to compete with a lot of the teams in the East and across the SEC? So I think that's going to be a good early season game. Probably going to be a game that determines who finishes second in the East. Um, and then the last game I got is Tennessee and Kentucky. Like I mean, it's important and. Um, I think for both teams, winning that game is probably going to – like getting that additional win, like we all counted that as a toss-up game, but getting that additional win at the end of the season could re- – like, I mean, last year it changed us from being in the New Year's Six Bowl to just being in the New Year's Day Bowl. I think this year it could be one of those things where, yeah, you could look at a 9-3 and three season or you could perhaps look at a seven and five season. Like it's a big swing game. So I think getting that win late in the season matters. And I think for Tennessee, um, 
beating a respectable team later in your season uh, and putting pushing them closer towards the bowl game would be big. So I think like that's all that's it's grown to be a more equal game than probably like when me and Justice were younger. Um, it's it's grown to become like a very much a toss up game, and it's one of those things of like the team that wins that usually can mark their season as a, as a success versus the team that loses it. Usually, not all the time. Okay, so I've got I've made a little list here. These are the these are the non conference games, top non conference games for the for the SEC conference. We've got West Virginia, Missouri. Miami versus Florida, Notre Dame versus Georgia, Oregon versus Auburn, Clemson versus A&M, Duke versus Alabama, Texas versus LSU, Florida State versus Florida, Purdue versus Vanderbilt, BYU versus Tennessee, Clemson versus South Carolina, Georgia Tech versus Georgia, California versus Ole Miss, Kansas State, and Mississippi State. Oh, you know what I didn't know? But Rich Rod is the offense coordinator at Ole Miss. At Ole Miss, yeah. Mm-hmm. So moving on up. All right. To wrap it up here, I got my offensive player of the year. I got Tua, mm. probably the most recognizable one named athlete in college football. And then defensive player of the year, I've got uh I don't want to pronounce this wrong, but is it Dejon Harris from Arkansas? Uh I believe so. I mean yeah, I I mean he's returning. Uh, Going to be a senior, 118 tackles, uh, led the led the SEC in tackles last year with 118. So he's my pick to be SEC defensive player of the year. You know what's crazy? This is the first conference where we haven't had one player line up. Really? Yeah. And I went out do on. You the, have. I went do out. You on have Keyshawn Vaughn at Vanderbilt. No, but I, I think he's really good. I just don't think Vanderbilt's going to win enough games for him to be player of the year. Do you have an Alabama wide receiver? I have an Alabama player, but not a wide receiver. Ooh. You, got you know my argument, man. Uh, a wide receiver could never win player of the year because they'd always defer to the quarterback who was throwing them the ball. I don't buy that, though, because Amari Cooper could. Blake Sims was average. Nobody else caught balls on that team besides Amari Cooper. True, but, I mean, usually that's how it has. Um. But I have, I have uh, Najee Harris. That's your boy. Yeah, I think that, I think he was, I think he was the best back last year, and didn't get to totes. And I think going into year three, and him being the man, and with um, Trey Sanders now being out, uh, which is like Alabama's number one overall recruit that was a running back with him being out for the year. That just means Najee gets to carry more of the load. And I think that they're going to – I think Tua can throw the ball. It can, obviously, he can definitely spread the ball around and do whatever. But um, I think they're going to go back to a little bit more of putting their foot on your neck and reminding you what kind of ball Alabama plays. So I think Najee Harris – You think so? I think so. With all those wide receivers? I mean, like, yeah, they're going to throw it, but, like – you got to pick your poison. Like, yeah, if you're gonna play, if you're gonna play man to man or you know, try to guard my four receivers, it's gonna be a light box, and Najee Harris is gonna have a field day. It's true, and like, it's true. Who you got for defensive player of the year? Defensive player of the year, I got uh, Grant Delpit from um, 
LSU. LSU. Yeah. yeah, I mean he's just a he's just a ball player. Right now he's a little bit banged up. I think he's missed a couple of days of camp. I don't put too much. Stock he was hurt at the end of last year as well, right? Yeah, I don't put too much stock into it though. Like, I just think people right now are, um, people right now are just it's the middle camp. We talked about it. it's the dog days. I think that uh, he'll be back and he'll be you know he'll be another one of those great just. LSU DBs that we talked about for some years moving forward, but I'm going to go with him. Do you think he's the first SEC defensive player off the board? Probably not. I think, um, damn, I can't think of the Alabama lineman's name right now, but he's returning. Well, they got the linebacker Dylan Moses. Yeah, not him, though. I know he's um, Raekwon Davis. Is it Raekwon Davis? Let me look. Hold on. I'm well, they got the outside linebacker, Jennings. Anthony Jennings. Jennings might be up there. I think Judy – well, we're talking about defense. But, yeah, I think that uh, – Defense. Probably probably Raekwon or uh, Jennings will be first off the board. I would I would guess. Um, maybe uh, Trayvon Diggs, just depending upon, like, how healthy he is when he comes back. They got a pretty solid – their secondary returns a lot though, which is good for them. Yeah, they need it. They I feel like that's always been the it's funny to say, it's been their Achilles heel for seems like the past few years. Yeah. I mean they're, they're Patrick Sertan started all those games last year and he's a sophomore and everybody else is a, is pretty much a senior side besides uh Xavier McKinney. So I mean it's a it's a very veteran led Secondary, so I, I would think that their their defense their back end is going to be a little bit better. Um, right, Dylan Moses, just another one in that long line of great Alabama linebackers. Um, yeah, the front line's still going to have some some dogs, of course, and I'm sure there's somebody who's not listed here that's just going to be a, a monster. But yeah, um, here for it, Kevin. Well, it was a is a. Pretty good, pretty good podcast tonight. Appreciate y'all listening. No doubt. Got to get breakdown into uh, the SEC. It's the last one before we do our season preview. And we are now 11 days. Actually, you know what? Six minutes away from being um, five minutes away. Or no, I'm sorry. Wow, I can't do the math. You got to cut that out. <laughs> I will admit Justice. that the SEC is the unanimous crap, like the Which? champion I will admit that the SEC is the yeah, unanimous please that out. We are 35 crap, minutes like away. the champion. Good fucking lord. Just knock it off. Uh, we are 35 minutes away from it being 10 days until the college football season comes. So, can't wait for it. What we got coming next week? Uh, preseason kickoff show? Yeah, we're going to do our preseason kickoff show, give you a highlight of what our typical show is going to be like throughout the year. And so we'll break down that first game of the year between uh, Miami and Florida. Mm-hmm. Oh, quick point. Uh, to everyone that's waiting on stickers, uh, we have stickers now in our possession. Unfortunately, those stickers are not the size they're supposed to be. So we're going to have to reorder the stickers that we were originally going to send everybody uh, for their comments. And 
once we get those back in, then we can send those out again. But we have not forgot about you all. I promise. Yeah. So appreciate you guys. Rate, review, subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, check us out on Instagram and Twitter, Peace of Mind 615 on both. Message us, uh, give us feedback, um, anything you want to see in the show. Uh, appreciate all you guys listening. And uh, y'all have a good night. See you. I will admit that the SEC is the unanimous crap, like the champion 